Welcome to The Hot Seat, a sheer therapy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pam, and I'll be joining you every week alongside my girls, Denise and Cousin Dan. Every episode, we'll be having real conversations, including the good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. Although we are three women in different stages of our lives, one single, one married, and one divorced, we can still share our experiences together with love, faith, and a glass of wine in hand, of course. We know you're going to enjoy listening in and riding along this journey we call life with us together. Listen in as we talk, as we get real, and as we get raw. Here we are. Sheer Therapy. Welcome back to another Hot Seed episode on Sheer Therapy Hot Topics. I'm Denise. I'm, I'm Pam. Oh, oh, here we go. Again. They both just I- wanted to go at the same time. They're just so anxious to introduce themselves and get started on this hot topic. Pam <laughs> over here. Danielle. And today we're going to talk about one of the focal points of womanhood. Oh. We're going to talk about periods. Sorry, there is a huge spider calling me. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) We're going to talk about periods. Do you have a do you have a heavy flow, a light flow, a no flow, what flow? Tell us what you got. We're going to tell you. And you know what? Today we're going to dig. No, what's that where they say? Oh, yes, we're going to deep dive and explore periods. (laughs) Pam. <laughs> um, okay, no, so seriously, guys. Pam's got her mouth full so of boiled plantain. So today we wanted to do like an informative episode on periods, specifically, you know, endometriosis, what it is and what's it all about and what comes with that. And we're going to kind of like, you know, put Danielle in the hot seat today. And she's going to tell us all about it. Tell us about her endometriosis journey, what's been going on so far in the vehicle. And uh, yeah, so take it away. You know what, Dan? I don't need you sticking up your middle finger. Like the car? (laughs) (laughs) And we also just wanted to shed light too, like on the importance of female health and talking about it because, you know, it can start with something. And then when you don't check it out, it can lead to that. Exactly. Take it away, Dan. So okay. where do you want to start? Um, I guess I'll just start with um, what led up to me getting checked out for it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think like in my early 30s, I started to notice my periods were really painful and I was spotting in between my periods. So um, I would like wouldn't have my period, but I'd have like so much pain in my pelvis area and like low energy and it's like a whole slew of symptoms and you're like, Oh, I just feel totally off. And then when my periods would come, they were so painful that um, like, I couldn't walk for the first three days of my period. It, wow. it was like disabled, like, like um, paralyzing, like even my legs. Oh my gosh. And uh, this went on for quite a few years. And I was just like, I just have a bad period. 
Um, and so, and then I heard other women talking to like, oh yeah, my period sucks. It's painful. So I just thought that's what your period's supposed to be. It's like, as women, we just have to take that on every month and just suck it up and deal with it. And then, um, I noticed in my, like my last long-term relationship, um, I wasn't using protection, but like, I wasn't getting pregnant. Okay. And for like three years, I wasn't getting pregnant and I was like, I know I'm fertile because like I've been pregnant before. So, um, I, I know I'm fertile or I thought I knew I was fertile and I'm like, what's going on. So then, um, I went to the doctor and, um, they started like checking a lot of stuff and they're like, well, this looks fine. That looks fine. That looks fine. And then, um, I was like, something's not fine though. Cause like we, every month when I have my period, I literally can't walk. Like that's how bad the pain is and it affects like my breathing and like I bleed. I have to wear diapers when I have my period. It's just not normal. So they finally went in and did the investigation like, oh, you have endometriosis. So basically it's when a lot of blood vessels and just like extra tissues in your body, they start growing over your reproductive organs. So essentially picture cobwebs latching on to like your uterus and stuff and then sucking onto it and your uterus can't contract. So the pain comes from like your uterus is trying to contract and it can't, it's trapped. Um, And then it causes the blood vessels to bleed. So all throughout the month, even when you don't have your period, you're internally bleeding. It's like a slow bleed, but you're always bleeding inside. And so that's why when you have your regular period, you're clotting a lot is because all that blood that's been trapped all month from the bleeding, it can't come out. So So you didn't um, notice anything like in your teenage years, 20s, like any kind of. No. And I was fertile before. So like I have been pregnant before. Um, and so nothing's ever occurred to me. Something was off and my periods were manageable. It was just in my thirties. I started to notice like, Whoa, 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 this is like off the chain. Mm -hmm. And, um, I discovered that it was the cause of a lot of other symptoms. So like, um, muscle tension, um, vomiting, shortness of breath. So, um, they told me that it's growing into my diaphragm and Mm -hmm. my stomach. Um, so what, what, what it can happen is it starts to grow in other parts of your body, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that. So it might show up on your lungs. It might show up on your spine. So it's not just your reproductive area. It starts to spread. And that was the cause for like, why I feel like I can't breathe and stuff. And so it was giving me a lot of anxiety. Like even this month I've had like a lot of it because I've had a flare up, like even today and yesterday it I've had, um, like a whole flare up down there whatever Mm -hmm. and it gives you like a lot of anxiety because you're like I can't feel like this for the rest of my life like it's I cannot feel like this for the rest of my life so um but it and then from talking to other women um it took them off like at least five to seven years to get a diagnosis they don't diagnose you with endometriosis for at least five to seven years Five to seven years. Yeah, because so what what's the reason for that? Like, so you you come to this point. So now, like, we kind of know the symptoms, right? And mm-hmm. you were diagnosed late in life because you just thought this is how periods were. Yeah. Until you realized something else was wrong. But but like, did anybody ever explain to you why they don't diagnose you for five to seven years? Yeah, because they said it's so complicated. Because in order to get a diagnosis of endometriosis, like an official diagnosis, they have to 
give you surgery. That's the only way. Um, so they go inside and they actually clip it all out and then they test it and they biopsy it and everything. So and have you, have you had surgery? I've had cleanings. Um, a cleaning is a DNC. So they give you an abortion to clean you out. Mm. It's like, you have to keep getting quote unquote an abortion. And that's how they clean out endometriosis. Um, uh, but it, 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 so the, the cause of endometriosis is a high estrogen level in your body. Okay. So I'm overproducing estrogen. Okay. So you just had a cleaning, but you haven't had full surgery. I haven't had full surgery. So some women go and they get everything clipped out. And what, um, like, what, what has made you not pro- proceed in that direction? Like, yeah. So I haven't had kids yet and I don't want to close that window yet. And so a hysterectomy is the only cure for endometriosis in oh. where they take out your reproductive uh, organs. Uh-huh. And so that's like a final decision, right? Oh, that's what, that's what you mean by cleaning. No. So cleaning is like a DNC. So yeah, um, the, 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 and the, for anybody who doesn't know what a DNC is, it's abortion. a dilation and I don't know how to pronounce this one, curatage, curatage, but basically it's a procedure that removes the tissue from inside your uterus. So they perform this with like, basically it looks like a big spoon, but it's uh, to clear the uterus lining. It's usually done after a miscarriage or abortion, but it can be done as a a thing when you also have endometriosis to kind of scrape out that excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So like I'm looking online too, and it says that this endometriosis is in stages, like from one to four. Yeah. Depending yeah. on where it grows too. So mine started off in my uterus and now it's in my diaphragm. So like. It's so funny like, enough. Like I, I remember. Hmm? Do you know what stage that would be? Um, so I'm at three. Oh, you're at three. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Funny enough. I don't know if you remember Dan, but, um, prior to me having Madison, I had, cause I think me and you both like talked about the crazy periods, like mm-hmm. literally like hemorrhaging. And, yeah. um, I had to go for an ultrasound and they said I had endometrial thickening, which I think is the beginning of endometriosis. But funny enough, they said they had asked me if I want to have kids. And I said, well, yeah. So because they knew I was planning to get pregnant sooner than later, they said sometimes the pregnancy cures the endometriosis because when you have the baby, everything sheds out, which I think honestly was the case for me because the periods were so heavy, um, Ladies listening, like clotting is unreal. I remember sometimes thinking like, did I just have a miscarriage? Like, was I pregnant? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blobs coming out of your body. Um, And then, yeah, after I had Madison, it's like, I just, it was like, mind you, still very, very heavy periods. Never really had pain, but heavy periods to the point that like, yeah, you think like you're having some internal bleeding. And since I had Madison... I think these are normal. They're still heavy to the average person, but way better and like no clotting. Yeah, I definitely, I've heard pregnancy helps it a lot. Um, So yeah, so I dealt with pain for so long and I always like taking pain medication and Advil and then planning my life around, I can't go here on this date. I can't take this trip. I can't do that. Cause it really kind of like, how can you feel like getting dressed when you have to wear a diaper? Like what do I wear? 
or like laying on the beach on vacation when I'm wearing a diaper and I'm bleeding and my, my, I can't walk. So not only your, like, not only how it affects your physical, like how it affects you physically, but how, how are you like mentally and emotionally? Yeah. So like, it took a toll on me. Like I, it just gave me anxiety. Cause I'm like, you want to feel good every day. And no matter what you do, like, you just feel like you're not a hundred percent. Right. So it's like the energy levels and stuff. It's like, well, I want to do so many things, but like, I, I feel like shit, but, but, um, so I think I didn't want to share my story originally. So I didn't talk about it a lot to people, but now that I'm talking to more people, I see that it's common and I'm hearing how other people are dealing with it Mm -hmm. and it's, it's giving me hope and it's making me feel, um, more optimistic. Like you don't have to live off pain meds first of all. And it's funny because, um, I feel like endometriosis is a word that is flung around a lot lately. And mm-hmm. back in the day, people just thought I have a bad period, yeah. but it's become more spoken of. But if we rewind a bit, Denise, we can remember the days. I mean, I'm going to talk about two examples are um, Miami Christmas trip. And then the day, do you remember we were in a movie theater and we're just hearing this like, <sighs> And I turned to Danielle. She has her hands wrapped around her throat. And she's like, I can't breathe. And we used to make fun of her because every minute she said she's not breathing. And like, even on a flight one time, she's telling us she can't breathe. We had to tell her like, yo, sit down. You're breathing. Stop it. New Orleans. And guess what? My period came. Yeah. It's it's all correlated. On that trip. Well, another example. So on that trip, we were sitting. The girl turned legit green like a green sweating uh, just as it was coming. And then another time when I actually realized, okay, this is real. She's sitting on my couch in the condo. I don't even know if I had kids yet. She's telling me, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I'm like, Dan, man, sit down. Like enough of this. Next <laughs> thing I know, I turn around. She, I, I don't know if you guys remember the garbage pail kits where they had that sticker with the projectile <laughs> vomit. A guy, this girl hacked like you could hear the puke hit the toilet like mountains and mountains. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess it's real, man. Like, I guess it's real. I can laugh at it now because that day was quite funny. We were in a convo, totally normal. And I was like, randomly, I was like, oh, God, oh, God, it's coming. And she's like, oh, my God, are you serious? Um, And I did projectile vomit like explosively. But, um, but you know what, as I'm getting older too, your hormones change and it's starting to get a little bit better. So instead of me having like five bad days, I'll have like two. Okay. Um, and like, instead of me having like the no breathing and the vomiting every month, I'll have it like every six months or something. So hormones play a role. I think they start to balance out as you get older. Like I'm getting close to my forties now and my estrogen levels are starting to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also suggest to women with endometriosis, don't wallow in it because I wallowed in it for so many years and it was time lost that I could have taken more action. And I just kind of sentenced myself to like, God, I have this chronic condition. I can't do anything. I'm never going to have kids. I'm going to be in pain forever. And I kind of got trapped in that cycle instead of being proactive. And now I have a lot of women message me who have endometriosis and I'm hearing their stories. A lot of the women ended up having kids Mm -hmm. or they got over the fear of procedures and just went in and got what they needed to get done. Um, And just kind of still pushing through, like I can do what I can to feel 
good on even my bad days instead of just like, oh, well, this is just going to be a bad week or something like that. So attitude mindset has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take away your pain. The pain is actually there. But the minute you spiral into like, this is it, I have a chronic condition and that's it. You start to just not help yourself. You just kind of, like Pam said, I was starting to identify myself as endometriosis. Yeah, like oh. she was a huge bubble with an endometriosis stamped on the, on it and yeah. anxiety. But like, we don't want to discount endometriosis is bad. Um, it, it does give you a higher risk of not being able to conceive, higher risk for breast and ovarian cancer, all of these things. But there are many things out there that can have, it's just when you shed light on something that you have, you start to Google every possible negative outcome. But one thing I'll say about Danielle is me and Denise are the people that can hop on like a food train, vegan, protein shakes, cleanses. Danielle has always been like the um, healthy eating cleanse rebellion. Like she just not for it, but There are so many, um, like so much evidence to show on how you can change your diet so you can cope with it, sometimes cure it. Um, And I feel like this year you've kind of opened up to that. So we could talk about that. But like, why were you so against it before? Maybe you had a comfort in just labeling yourself. I think it was laziness, to be honest. It's Mm -hmm. like, I know the things I have to do and I just didn't implement them. Like I've never been like a diet person. Like I eat a lot of salads. I drink my water. It's just like, I didn't put that. And I guess it goes back to how you guys say I never commit to myself. I never put in that commitment to make a plan. And like, this is what my menus are going to look like. This is what I'm eating if I'm out to dinners and birthday parties and stuff, nope, I'm going to have to say no to the cake. I'm going to have to. um, And so it's just kind of the commitment. And I think when you guys talk about self-love a lot, it's so true. Like your level of self-love determines the level of care that you give to yourself. And like, I don't hate myself. Like I do love myself, but I don't think I'm looking at it in a way of no, loving yourself is taking care of yourself. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I find that, the endometriosis aside, like you have to take care of yourself, like to the deepest level, like nutrition, mental health, like everything. And I just, I just didn't commit that to myself. And so I'm still not a hundred percent there with the clean eating, but like my sugar intake has been like, and my alcohol and my coffee. And like, so I'm doing smaller tweaks that are getting me closer. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. Like you have to, put in the work and that's with any chronic condition like you have to take care of yourself or any condition period health relationally job like if you don't put in the work yeah but there's um so there's like I was looking online and there's eight like diet changes that can aid in managing and Mm -hmm. possibly eliminating so like one was increase your omega-3 fats and again This is something where I feel like you'd eat all the fish in the world, but you wouldn't supplement. Then there's avoiding trans fats, um, cutting down on red meat, uh, lots of fruits and veggies, which you're good at, uh, limiting caffeine and alcohol. Again, I feel like you love your coffee. Oh my God, I was sucking back four (laughs) cups a day. What? It's funny because if you know this is something you can't stop or like cutting down processed foods, trying gluten-free um, you know what though I think I think too like when you set a like you're saying I know I'm not supposed to drink the coffee and it's four cups a day I'm drinking mm-hmm. but I think like when 
a lot of it, it has to do with like mindset and how you shift your mindset. So if you're going to wear the label, I am endometriosis. Exactly. And it makes you in your actions say, okay, well, I am endometriosis. So screw it. Like, what's the force? Yeah. Like, do you think there's an element of self-sabotage? Yeah. And it goes back to loving yourself. Like, what does it mean to love yourself? Because again, as I say, like, um, I've always thought like, I love myself. Right. But then it's like, no, your actions aren't matching up to what loving yourself is like, Mm -hmm. it's doing the hard work. Like if, if you're being told this is required to make this better and you're still not doing it, then you're not really giving a shit. And what if you just like, what if you like, so there's a lot of people into like vision boards. So what if instead of looking at this as endometriosis, but just overall, to to help with this with the condition but to just help with your overall life because like again you're great with walking so just make maybe like making a vision board on your wall where it's like forget a baby this that whatever it is it's just I want to feel okay every time I get my period like don't think of everything that's connected to because it feels like a further goal but I just want to feel okay for those seven days out of the month so I'm going to avoid or limit this, this, and this, they said like 60 minutes a day of walking, swimming, dancing, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to increase my vitamin D or vitamin E or whatever it is, or I'm going to limit dairy products because I want to feel good seven days out of the month. Like instead of just looking at it for, I need to procreate and whatever. It's just like, you know what? I want to maximize every single day out of my life. And I want to avoid pain. Exactly. And so what I've been doing is even the days leading up to my period, like the whole week before, it's like, I take a look at what my calendar looks like. And I know I'm going to need time for like extra rest, just like not having a crazy schedule. Um, so that that eliminates stress for me, because the less stress, you know, that you can eliminate, the more stress you can eliminate. It's like you have that mind space to take care of yourself more. So like just um, being in charge of my schedule the week or two of my period so that I just have that time to like rest more and like, don't feel guilty about needing rest. Like your body needs it, especially if it's going through stuff. Right. So just not feeling guilty for like taking a nap or something like that. Um, And then like I've upped my vitamin D. I take two vitamin D a day, three iron a day, vitamin C, um, so those are the supplements that I take now. I used to be anti-supplement too. But now you are for the supplements. Um, and um, I don't drink coffee and alcohol when I have my period. I don't think anyone try to, should. Try to even like, you know, like we're not we're not medical professionals, obviously. So we, we always say like, go visit your health practitioner or even like mm-hmm. a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely visit your doctor. Like these are just things that I do. Um, And exercising, like I'll walk for an hour and and try and walk through the pain because the more you walk, Mm -hmm. it's helping your muscles down there to like loosen up, relax and get the blood flowing. Um, So I really think pushing yourself to walk even because I used to be like, I can't walk. And then for three days I was bedridden and then my body was stiff from not moving. Yeah. So really getting out there and I think having um, just like supportive friends, like I know for my friends and for you guys, it gets frustrating sometimes because I'm like, I don't feel good or I can't or, or this and that. And I think your support system makes a difference too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just going for your medical checkups. So I would tell young women, 
as soon as you become, as soon as you start getting your period, whether you're 12, 16, however old you are, start getting your womanly checkups, go to the gynecologist, go. And, and even if you feel great, always just know where you, where your body stands, where it's at and what's going on. So you can nip things in the bud and you can know what's going on from the beginning. Don't wait, don't get lazy and complacent. Um, really get checked out as soon as you start getting your period. Cause essentially that's, when your body is going through all that womanly stuff. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to um, touch on too is cause like, obviously we know how you're feeling now and it's a daily battle, but you're uh, trying to get through or not trying, you are getting through and you're taking the necessary steps. But the one last step we wanted to know is you say you do the scrapings and the cleanings, the DNCs, but what is, I know it's been suggested for you to take this, have the surgery. Mm-hmm. And I know this is at least a couple of years you talked about, you said you booked it, then you canceled it. What is the fear with the surgery? If you know that this could basically cure this again, is it the self-sabotage or there's, there's something deeper? I think it was like, again, the fear, um, like, what's going to happen if I've never had surgery before. And so like, I have no idea what to expect. And I think that sometimes fear can hold you back from moving forward. So like you're afraid of doing the thing, but then it's stopping you from doing like a whole bunch of other things. Right. And I've heard nothing but success stories from these surgeries. So any ladies contemplating it, like I've heard more success stories than not. And even if the surgery doesn't help, it's worth a try. Um, And it's such a common surgery too. So it's not like you're doing something, you know, crazy. Um, But um, again, it was just that commitment to myself, like, just do it. Like, why are you procrastinating on doing that? And and this year has been better for me. I think having a lot of time at home, (laughs) it's made me like concretely plan stuff out more and be like, you know what, this is, I'm just going to commit to this and do it. and starting fertility treatments right away, as soon as you you know that there might be a challenge, um, if there's anything th- in your mind that you know you want to have kids, just start start it right away. Don't don't if you know when you got your gut that you want kids, there's no reason to procrastinate. Just get to it. And yeah, speaking of kids, are you open to other options? I know me and Denise have said it funny, but we're actually a hundred percent serious. Because uh, I don't know if you've heard before, but like Danielle has mentioned, even though I married, like I still I'm still there. So me and Denise have literally planned out the day we were going to get lattes and lunch afterwards, go and pick the donor oh, the sperm, yeah. and we were going to have the baby with pick you. my baby. And we, we said that because we were like, listen, there's things in life you can control to an extent and things you can't. So you can have faith that, you know, you're going to meet somebody and and have, I know you said to me once, but I just want to have it in the white picket fence, like Dreamway. But girl, I'm married. There's no white picket fence. You can have him lay there later. He'll always want to lay there. But there's not a perfect white picket fence marriage. I'm telling you. So what you can control to an extent, again, you can't control the outcome of what will happen when you take the physical steps, but you can go. We can pick the guy with lattes. You can read everything. Like you can pick based off of exactly what you want and dreamed of. But the only thing is he's not holding your hand on the way. But I think there's 
there's something to be said. Um, as long as you have the support system, which you have a thousand percent, but you can go ahead, pick this dream man on paper, literally on paper, get the procedure done, have the nine months of carrying the child and with your girls, your family. And then when Mr. Wright does come along, I just feel like there's such a respect level. If I was a man, I would have where you wanted something, you went ahead and you did it. And now he can come along, father this child. What if he can't have kids and you meet Mr. Wright and now you've waited so long and he can't give you kids, but he can raise a child drama free with no baby daddy drama, no nothing. You don't have to consult with dad. Like it can be his child too. But at the end of the day, you did it on your own. What an accomplishment. And that does sound very exciting. You've just sold me on that. Um, And also, I just thought of an idea for a dating website. Men who can't have kids and are looking for women who have kids who want a partner. (laughs) Um, Oh my God, that would be so amazing. Like, do do they even have sites for that? No, but men who want a parent but can't have kids. I know there's, there's somebody we follow on Instagram um and she had mentioned their fertility journey and how her husband has um it's Philippa Jackson her husband was going through the treatments too because as much as women talk about this men aren't talkers so we don't hear about the amount of men out there who yeah. are actually going through this too who don't who, who can't do it but they don't have like that same girl talk like we do like they're not going to sit around drinking beer with their guys and be like man swimmer counts low bud what am I going to do you know like women will be like oh my god what am I going to do I can't have babies I want to freeze my eggs but guys don't do that so that yeah. would be an excellent dating app great so we have a new business um you just need to get yours I think you just need to you know remove the fear remove the fear because remember like you said earlier like procrastination is what mm-hmm. got you to the point of avoiding to yeah, fix exactly. But now it's like you have the answers and procrastination mixed with a little bit of fear is starting again. Yeah. Yeah. This is like less endometriosis and more just fear-based living again. And again, we don't live fear-based. Okay. I mean, we're perfectly imperfect, but <laughs> you got to take a leap of faith. And I just want to also tell women to like, um, release expectations of what your life should look like and when. Um, and that's too what kind of like gave me so much pressure and anxiety is just like the pressure of like a timeline and how things should be and like how come this isn't happening. And so just like kind of looking at your life so individualistically, like this is your journey and your life. And I'm, I may never have kids and I may, I may have kids, I may have two kids, I may have kids in my 40s. So just my life is my life and it's going to play out in the way it's supposed to play out. And I've totally accepted that now. Yeah. And, and that gives me peace of mind. Yeah. And that's it. And that's all you can do because you're spending so much unnecessary time trying to do something that you have less control over when you can just go start the process. And then at least you can sleep at night knowing, Hey, I did every single step that I could. Exactly. And now I'm doing this. And listen, there's great dads out there who do a lot, but moms, good moms, average moms, (laughs) we still do 
a lot lot. more work. So at the end of the day, you can do that. And the other benefit is you're doing it on your own without the expectation of what you think your partner should do that they may not do. So you're eliminating stress. And like, you can look back in 10 years and be like, holy, now I understand why this happened, you know, but at the end of the day, you would make a fantastic mother. And there are many ways for you to get there. And then if you exhaust that journey, there are kids out there who need homes. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't always have to be a child who looks exactly like you. And I have family who've adopted. And honestly, sometimes I'm like, how is this not your kid? You guys look alike. Yeah. So no. So I think that's helped me too right now is just like accepting the direction of my life. Some I'll do what I can do. And the rest is beyond my control. And this is just my life journey and what's meant to be is meant to be. And that, and that's starting to give me peace now. So just releasing the expectations. And that's all I can say, ladies, is if, if do your part and then just release the rest of it and just be at peace with, well, however things go is how it's meant to go for me. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what too, like a lot of times people think that, um, like you have to be in some extreme dire circumstance or situation to seek therapy, but this could like all the years of battling this can, can, you know, for you, cause it's your story can be traumatic for you. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, even like mental, mental health and making sure your mindset is, is set properly for sure. Yeah. is always important. You got to work on the mind first the thoughts first before you go and you proceed with anything else, right? Because you can patch up your body all you want, but if your mind is is falling apart, yeah, it's like it, it defeats the purpose. Yeah, exactly. So you know what? A little therapy never helps. It a little therapy never helps. <laughs> <laughs> never hurt nobody. A little therapy never hurt nobody. Yeah. Maybe you should leave those um quote things to me, Denise. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> a little therapy hurt. <laughs> well, it does hurt, but then it feels so good when you come through the, to the other side. That's you true. have a breakthrough. That's true. Something has to break. You got to build it. Rebuild okay. It back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we hope that um, we know there's a lot of people out there with in different stages. Maybe you don't even know that you have it, um, but. We just wanted to uh, be there again. If you want some support or you have any questions, you can um, reach out to us on Instagram at Sheer Therapy. But uh, we hope if you took anything away from this, it was just to know that you are not alone and everybody has their own battles. And we are here rolling along those battles with you. Uh, So we can't wait to be with you guys again next week for another hot seat topic and we hope you enjoy the rest of your week and um, see you later thank you Bye. bye thank you for tuning in to another episode of the hot seat a sheer therapy podcast we hope you enjoyed yourself and can't wait to be with you again next week If you've taken anything away from this today, it's to live, love, forgive, have faith, and always have a glass of wine and your girls. We can't wait to be with you all again next week. See you soon.